Uh, Adam Pengilly, good morning to you, mate. How are you? Morning, Mido. Morning, boys. There's no team like the Dragons that brings out all the vitriol and the text line, is there? Like, <laughs> they just come from everywhere, don't they? Do you they? like them, Pengilly? Do you like them? What's your expectation? Uh, yeah, expectation is very low this year, Loz, to be fair. I think it's going to be I think it's going to be a tough year. And what, what did you say? They won five games last year, did you say, yep. Mido? Five, five, five. games? Yeah. Mm. Listen, I think they'll be doing well to get to seven, maybe eight this year. Um, but... It, They've just got to. This be more competitive on a, on a weekly basis. That's that's the main thing I've got to worry about this year. And Flan, uh, Shane Flanagan's got to coach the absolute bejesus out of him and get every little last ounce out of him he can. And they've just got to hopefully try and improve that roster for 2025. And, and, and probably more importantly, get some kids coming through the system that can really, you know, be regular first graders in two or three years' time. That's going to be the key to the Dragons. Like we we know the player agent market is it's tough to. It's tough to work at the moment. It's hard to get marquees into your club. They've got to just do something with that nursery down there and start being a little bit more like Penrith, I suppose. Well, that's the thing, Adam. For someone that doesn't follow the Dragons as closely as a lot of others, excuse me, I I haven't seen a lot of their young guys. So you just never know what will jump out. You know, sometimes you might have two or three young players just jump out in the one season. And if that happens that can build confidence in a squad and away you go, you're up and, you're up and running. But I, mm. I think you're right. I think they need to get a couple of young guys out of their system that's going to be long-term players for the Dragons for them to hopefully have this rebuild and have a period of time in the next two or three years where they're going to have success. Mm. Uh, okay, I see very elegant is uh, going to have the Chipping Norton Stakes named after her. Yeah, I like this, Mido. What do you think? I think uh, uh... I, I, when I think Chipping Norton, I think Tie the Knot. Perfectly honest, to be perfectly yeah, honest. It's sure. probably a fair call. Mm. Probably a fair call. But uh... but I love the fact that we name races after our you know retired champions. I, I think more yeah. Group 1 races should be named after retired champions, without a yeah. doubt. And I would like to see a couple of changes in particular. Like Farlack, like arguably the greatest horse yeah, that ever lived in two. Australia. He's only got a Group 2 <laughs> named after him. So I would love to see a change there with a Group 1 named after him. But I've got no issues with Very Elegant having the Chipping Norton named after her. She she was a mighty racehorse. And I still think in a lot of respects was fairly underrated. But when you consider what she could do, she could win first up over 1,400 metres at weight for age and then go on to win a Melbourne Cup over two miles in a handicap at the end of a campaign. That's just how versatile she was. And what was 11 group one she won throughout her career? And I do take your point. When you think about the Chipping Norton Stakes, a lot of people will associate that race with Ty the Knot. But I think the Australian Turf Club have been really proactive with this. They've obviously named the, renamed the Warwick Stakes after, after Winks a couple of years ago. And now they've renamed the Chipping Norton Stakes after Very Elegant. I think it's a, I think it's a really nice move. Mm. I'm just reading here. Queensland jockey Ben Thompson has got an opportunity over in Hong Kong. Great news, Loz. Fantastic for Ben and his family. He's going to take up a short-term riding stint over there in Hong Kong for a couple of months, ending in um, start of April. So that's a really big opportunity for him. He's ridden previously overseas in Singapore, so he's no stranger to riding. How does it work? Do you get invited? Yeah, you, you, you have to get invited pretty much, Loz. You, you can, I suppose, put the feelers out to some extent, but uh, the, the way the Hong Kong Jockey Club works, they pretty much control everything. They you need pretty much need to be invited by them to to apply and, and and be part of that roster. And we we've spoken about it a fair bit the last twelve months. Like that jockey roster over in Hong Kong has been changing a fair bit lately, and there's opportunities being opened up for some Australian jockeys who might not ordinarily get it. And Ben's probably, to be fair to him, one of those guys. So. Great experience for him. He can dip his toe in the water over there for a couple of months. Let's hope he can have some success and, and ride a few winners. And 
who knows where it might lead to in the future. Matt Damon, race one, number one at the Kenzo today. <laughs> in the ownership, I saw it's been quite well backed as well. Uh, let me check what price it is now. Now, it's still $6. So this went up $16. Dale, trained uh, there by Paul Massar and Leah Gavrinich. So Tim Clark set to ride. And uh, apparently, the Hollywood superstar will be watching. I couldn't believe this, Mido. I didn't know have any clue at all that he had any interest in racing. I know he's been snapped in the in the marquee. He's probably next to Clarkie down there previously um, <laughs> during the Melbourne Cup Carnival. But he's obviously got a quite keen interest because he's bought into this horse, this Colt, who I, I admit has trialled pretty well, to be fair. A couple of country trials winning its last trial. So I think it'll be competitive. But what a great sort of, I suppose, cross-promotion for the racing industry. of someone of his star power involved with the sport. So... Let's hope the horse runs well today. If he wins, well, then yeah, it's going to be some more great promotion. And uh, let's hope Paul and Leah can have a really kick start his career on a really good note on the Kenzo today. What do you like there today, mate? Uh, race six, number seven, Smart Legend, the best bet on the program for me, Mido. A horse I caught my eye at the trials. I only had one soft trial so far this preparation. I thought it was a really nice trial. I think Les Bridge has got him wound up ready to go first up. And he was a winner first up last preparation. I just think he finds a really nice race and still got plenty of room to move with his ratings. So race six, number seven, uh, that is smart legend, the best bet on the program on the Kenzo today. Okay, I'll read some Dragons texts for you here. I'm from the gong and there's nothing I love more than the Dragons losing. How many kids from their nursery can you see at other clubs killing it? E.g. Ruben Garrick, up, up Cronulla, no name to that one. Uh, morning, boys. I like Flenno. I think he's just what the Dragons need. I'm down the gong. There's a buzz uh, from Dragons fans, they'll improve, but will fall just short of the eight Roosters boys specials this year. That's from Rocket Adapto. Uh, hi, guys. Dragon fan here. I'm getting on the Dean Bulldog Richie bandwagon who tripped the, tipped the Dragons to make the eight. Oh, who am I kidding? Bulldog, as Eddie Jones said, give yourself an uppercut. Uh, go, Dragons. That's from Chris. And there's a question for you here in regards to Cody Ramsey. Can you ask Adam if he knows how Cody Ramsey's travelling? Uh, Brad from Helensburg. Sending yeah. that one through. Yeah, he's he's struggling, Mido. There's there's pretty mm. much no chance of him playing any rugby league this year, and his career is in in serious oh, doubt. I, that's, I, I did report on it good. last year. The the Dragons did make a, a a really really nice move. I thought what they've done is they've agreed to split. This year was the last year of his contract, boys. Twenty twenty four was the last year of his contract. They've basically handed him a contract extension to the end of twenty twenty five. But what they've done is they've split his payments for twenty twenty four over the course of two years just to give him every single chance to try and get better to hopefully play rugby league again in the future. They know there's pretty much little chance of him playing again this year, um, and there's probably little chance of him playing rugby league again full stop. But they want to give him every opportunity. They don't want to rush him, and that would have been another mental stress, obviously, to, to know that your contract's running out this year and your health's not really improving. He has had, I don't know the exact number, but he's had a number of surgeries over the last 6 to 12 months to try and get better. He's lost a, a lot, a lot of weight, I've been told. So we just wish him all the best. Um, his health's got to be absolute first and foremost priority, not worry about rugby league. But I wouldn't be holding my breath for him to be playing any rugby league in the next 12 to 18 months. Okay, mate. You have a good day. See you, boys.